Well, Sam, um, really good to have the opportunity to speak to you. Thanks very much for coming in um, to chat about um, about your project. Um, so I thought just in terms of like a little introduction, it's probably worth me giving a little bit of context as to what the origin, you know, original idea was um, in asking you to, to work on this. So um, you've been working with us now over the last, well, kind of year to 18 months, I guess, on this project, which um, uh, I organise as part of Arnold Feeney's um, 60th anniversary uh, celebrations for um, 2021. And there was various different aspects to this, to the, to the 60th um, projects, you know, looking back at various uh, exhibitions or events that, you know, seemed particularly uh, interesting or fruitful to kind of um, reconsider in the present. Um, but this one, your project, has been all focused around the piece um, Somerset, A Year in the Life of a Field, uh, by the artist Lizzie Cox. Now, all of the other artists and, and art projects that we looked at is in, in through the 60th anniversary were all things that I, I knew a fair bit about. They were quite well represented in the archive. You know, they might have involved artists who are quite well known and... Um, you know, there's, it's, it's quite easy to research. But this one was very different. Um, uh, really, I think that over the last uh, 10 years or so of me working with our archive, this piece, Somerset Year in the Life of Field, is just something that I've periodically noticed, you know, um, cropping up, um, you know, with these really scant little traces, like a poster or a mention in, in, a, in a brochure or kind of like a very, very sort of small number of images. Um, you, you know, much more kind of uh, um, sort of... Um, uh, much smaller number of archival traces than, than so many of other things that we've done. But the traces that it has left just struck me as being really, really intriguing. You know, having this, this particular local connection, you know, the image um, that, that, we, that, you know, that we've looked out of um, the performer in this sort of mysterious kind of textile box. Um, and really, I think it was something that I thought would just be interesting to look at on, you know, a bit of a sort of a chance, really. You know, um, I was interested in this, you know, the way that... Um, it sort of maybe gave us this opportunity to think about Arnolfini as more of a, like a regional art centre as well as something that was just for Bristol and, you know, like a city context. Um, and also, you know, I thought um, the particular history of, like, uh, of land art in, in England around this sort of period, sort of like, like 70s, 80s, you know, having this, you know, being something particularly uh, interesting, I suppose. Um, but yeah, it was a bit of a chance, I think, you know, in, in sort of choosing it. But I, th but I was confident that in in approaching you and sort of inviting you to sort of um, riff off it, respond to it, that that something good would probably happen because I knew about your interest both in land art and, and you know the fact that you're both an artist and a gardener. But um, but given the fact that it was a very open brief with not a great deal of material initially to get your teeth stuck into, um, how did you approach it? Um, yeah, interesting. Well, I think we had, there was a video, um, an interview with Lizzie Cox that you shared with me about the exhibition. 
Um, and that was quite rich in content, actually, because it was she was being filmed in the in her studio where she worked, and it included shots of the field, which the field project was about. Um, so that was quite that was quite rich and felt really um, exciting. Um, the sort of potential for sort of exploring some of the things that she was talking about, because she seemed to sort of communicate that she worked in quite a long form sort of way like she worked on the project over several years and it began by her visiting this particular field and exploring it for a year and just just going there just the, the act of going there and seeing what happened and observing what was happening throughout the year on a sort of larger and, and sort of zoomed in scale um, so that was really intriguing and then there was something about the color the use of color in the images like the posters for for the um, for the film that were also really intriguing, and then I guess I was interested to sort. I was thinking, well, how how do I move forward from from this? This is all we have, and then you managed to get hold of her because sadly she passed away about, mm, t- about ten mm. years ago, and you managed to get hold of her husband's contact details somehow. Um, That's right, because there was at that point there was a website. Because um, again, we didn't know that she'd passed away. You know, when we first started the project, and I thought it was important to try and establish some sort of connection with the family because, you know, one of their well, blessing essentially. Yeah. Um, but that was it. I found Julian's email, and then I, I think I don't I don't think I spoke to him a great deal other than that it was something that we were thinking about doing, and then just put you in touch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was you know it could have gone so many different ways, really. That that sort of quite random connection and making contact with someone in that way. But um, but yeah, thankfully he was really sort of receptive and and really delighted actually that that someone was working with Lizzie's work actually. Um, and so we had a sort of series of email exchanges and then and then I had um, a Zoom meeting possibly early 2021. So we're in the midst of lockdown and um, I had a Zoom meeting with him and his daughter Isabel who live in Watchit, which is nearby Nettlecombe where the field's located in, in Somerset on the coast. And um, yeah, and before then, so they... I guess before we had this Zoom, they gathered some of her her work to show me through the screen. And we had this really nice sort of meandering conversation for about an hour. And I was sort of asking them questions about Lizzie and about her work in general. um, And and also about the project itself as well. Um, And they were sort of showing me stuff. and, and, And so... We yeah had this meet, had this session and just sort of left feeling like really excited, um, and they were just both really receptive and like delighted that um, that someone was was sort looking of at looking work. at her work yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. you mentioned colour and being really interested in the use of colour you know that you, you got a sense of from you know both from the film and, and some of the bits and bobs in our archive, and you mentioned um, Julian and Isabel showing you some material because. So as I understand it, Lizzie was mostly a printmaker? Yeah, yeah, she was. So she worked in lots of different print, print methods um, and, and textiles. And she worked at UWE, Bower Ashton, and she worked at London Colleges as well. Mm-hmm. And her and Julian actually carried out these summer schools for years down in Watcher and, um, and Nettlecombe. Um, where the students that she was teaching would come down for week residentials over the summer and they would get the students to go and 
um, explore the landscape um, and then come back and, and spend the week sort of exploring their discoveries and being quite sort of free and experimental about um, about what they were doing and I think that's sort of mimicking her, her own approach to things really is to, is to not really necessarily have an idea of a starting point just to go and explore which is something that I do within my own work and how I approach my own work and that was so it, um, I think you told me about how some of those students they'd basically be like gathering natural uh, objects from the from the land and then sort of making prints with them yeah so one of the things she did with these she called them egg prints and there's this really nice um, sort of bit of archive material where she writes instructions of how to make an egg print and she means a stone print by this but the stone is sort of replicating eggs obviously um, and so you know going out into the landscape with print materials and, and making prints in situ um, so these egg prints are gorgeous so using a really sort of thin paper covering the eggs and then wrapping them in paper for example um, but she also did a lot of lino printing out in nature as well and, and all sorts of things like that. Um, but yeah, she was an amazing textile artist as well and made fantastic costumes. And I think she made costumes for bands in the 70s and stuff, these really wild sort of psychedelic costumes that are like full of colour and life. Wow. Um, with those uh, summer schools, one thing that I remember thinking was really interesting is when we first announced the fact that you were going to be working on this for you know for this for the 60th anniversary year quite a few people ended up getting in touch on social media saying that they'd gone to these that they participated in these workshops these yeah. summer schools and you know it kept coming up that just people had found them really like um, amazing, rich, memorable experiences that I think as, as young artists, as young mm. students, had just been like a real, mm. you know, um, memorable, uh, you know, time for them. Yeah, I think as, as time went on over the years, over the year that I was working on the project and I met more people that knew her and had more deeper conversations with her husband and daughter, it really came across that she was, you know, she was a really focused artist, really driven and, you know, constantly making work and... You know, really into process and, and seemingly a brilliant teacher, really inspiring teacher. Great, great. Um, so you, you know, you had these little bits and pieces from the archive. You'd met Julian and Isabel, mm -hmm. but then, you know, when you started to think about, well, how are you actually going to translate this into some sort of like tangible, uh, you know, response that you can then share with like our audiences? Mm. Um, how did you go about that? Um, so I decided, so I, what I've been doing for the past number of years is, um, is to mark or celebrate in some way um, the turnings of, of the seasons through um, the spring, the equinoxes and the solstices and th those sort of pagan events. So I decided to frame it around going to visits to the field on, the, on those days. Um, and so my first visit was spring equinox 2021 which is almost well just over a year ago and so I went to find the field um, which is in Nettlecombe which is about five miles from Watchet and it's a small hamlet a privately owned hamlet with a church and a really interesting sort of history um, it's a sort of selection of buildings um, that have sort of rent, been rented out to artists and stuff for, for decades. Um, so it has this sort of rich history there, and you can sort of tell it has this sort of feeling 
in the place. So I, I went and found the field. No real idea or sort of plan of what I was going to do when I, when I got there. Um, but I stayed in my van, which is something that I often do as a starting point for um, making work and responding to place. Um, so I just went there in the van and just sort of sat, looked, wandered around and probably spent, you know, an evening and good part of the next day there, just sort of exploring the place really. And, and I think I was trying to sort of identify where Lizzie was looking at the field from where she lived from, which was a sort of outbuilding. Um, so I got a sense of her view into the field and what she was seeing um, as she walked up into it. So. Um, and then the surrounding areas and, you know, the, the people that were there as well. So so my first exploration felt a bit like I didn't really know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> um, so I guess I was just trying to sort of find traces of her and try to sort of see through her eyes, really, to sort of see what was happening in this field, because it was quite an unremarkable field. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's on an incline. I think that's probably the most sort of interesting thing about <laughs> it, but essentially it was just a, an unfarmed field with a perimeter fence, um, but beautiful views out all over Somerset. Um, and so each time I went back, I guess my sort of connection with it, with it deepened, with, with the place um, but but I think despite sort of having this intention of creating a written piece out of my experience each time I went I didn't massively have a sense of what I would do before I went so and, and that felt quite important actually just to sort of let the land and the experience sort of drive my approach to it on the day and not to sort of really think too, too much about it um, there's a word that I discovered called shul which is a Tibetan word, um, and it means a mark that remains after that which has made it has passed by. Mm. So such as like footprints and memories and stories. And so I was sort of thinking about that quite a lot. It's like when I was sort of walking through the field and walking around the field, sort of thinking about the footsteps and all of the things that, that happened there and how Lizzie developed this like bonkers performance <laughs> out of quite an ordinary field. So all those sort of things were, were in my mind, really, when I, was, when I was thinking about it. Like walking in her footsteps. Yeah, walking mm, in her footsteps, mm. yeah. And also others, other footsteps and, mm. uh, you know, other non-human footsteps mm. and, you know, just what this field has experienced since it's been there, which is, you know, f- forever, potentially. Um, and I think also, for me, I... So a year before this project, my grandfather who I had a really close relationship with had passed away mm. and so I was sort of experiencing quite a lot of loss and, and grief and also some sort of romantic loss as well mm. um, so I sort of had that in me as well and I think I took that into the project um, probably unconsciously really until sort of reflecting on it afterwards mm. also thinking about the fact that Lizzie wasn't around anymore Mm. And I'm trying to learn about her and discover her through the stories of others and through this place. And also trying to sort of deal with my own sort of loss as well through, through this project in a way, as well as a sort of connection. Mm, that's really interesting. And it makes me think of um, one of the few little bits of Lizzie's writing that I had in the archive was when she was talking about the rationale for the piece, The Year of the Life of the Field, this sort of like... You know, documentation of 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 observing a field every year, 
was this sort of trying to use the landscape as a way to um, uh, almost like the natural optimism mm. of seasonal mm. change and the fact that there's kind of like inevitability to sort of, you know, natural processes that maybe sort of can cut through some of those sorts of heavier, you know, like human emotional mm. experiences, yeah. um, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, this idea of like a, a physical landscape um, out, in, out in nature and then we have our own sort of internal landscapes as well. Um, and is it Robert McFarlane talks about this t- topography of self, mm-hmm. which is also really interesting. So I think there was some of that going on um, that I've mainly only realised afterwards. But um, mm-hmm. having a sort of communion with the place and with the land and with the story and with the time of year, um, time passing and, you know, being able to process things and learning more things about about yourself and place and and, and Lizzie as well, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you were you kept going back to the fields, mm-hmm. you know, and sort of over <clears throat> at different stages throughout the course of the year, in a way that yeah did sort of you know kind of mirror, I guess, sort of Lizzie's process over forty years ago. But then the way that you shared that was through these. Um, blog posts mm-hmm. which were text which were image moving image mm. um sound sound involved um only through the film okay yes yeah. yes yeah mm-hmm. um and yeah did, is, did you want to say anything about how you you know how you approach those yeah um so I think the more the more I sort of got into it, it, it the more it sort of felt like a, a ritual actually as well and particularly that I was going on these sort of you know, these significant points throughout the year. Um, and so I think the posts, the, writ- the written pieces that I created, like, felt like they were they were standalone pieces in a way. But then I made, on the second time I went on the, on the summer solstice, I made a short video piece um, that was very much about the body. Uh, so I was, re- I was physically retracing the steps from where Lizzie would have walked into the field. And then I was really thinking about my own, my own presence within this space as well. Um, and I wrote a piece about, um, a called Earth Body. And, and I spent quite a lot of time sort of <laughs> laying face down pretty much in the field. Um, at which point there were loads of like lovely wildflowers everywhere and also ants. Um, <laughs> Amazingly, Isabel and Julian, they let me go and um, look at all Lizzie's work. And Mm, mm. she's got this amazing studio in the house that Julian still lives in that has been untouched since she passed away. In in Watch It? In Watch It. Mm, And they let me spend time with all of her stuff, which felt like a real privilege. Um, And so through doing that, I learnt more about her processes. But I also got really excited about the costumes from the original performance piece, we found them mm, in the most immaculate mm. condition. Wow. And they're made out of silk and they're beautifully pressed and they're just like absolutely divine objects. And, and I was really like, oh, I want to do something with these dresses. <laughs> they're incredible. And thankfully, Isabel, her daughter, was up, for, was up for wearing them. So, you know, developed this nice sort of relationship with her husband and daughter. And so they you know, were really open to me, my suggestions, basically, and they didn't really say no to anything, which is great, because <laughs> yeah. they could have easily been a bit, you know, it was quite a difficult experience for them, I think, yeah, in some way, because, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, revisiting all this stuff. Um, 
so yeah, it, it sort of beca- it was quite a natural process in a way. And then I started thinking I'd really like to make a film um, mm. to sort of document this process and her process, and thinking about how I might do that. And I wanted to take the the costumes back into the field. Mm. And in fact, they'd probably never been to the field because they yes. were they were in the performance. So. Yes, but they were printed with um, images that were sort of. Uh, d- reflective of the field in some sort of way. That's how Lizzie made them, wasn't she? To be yes. worn by the performance, whoever was doing the performance. Yeah. 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 Well, one thing that I just forgot to add, actually, um, part of my thinking in um, in, in in visiting those those periods of time was like spring, summer, autumn, and winter, because the costumes that she made were the same as well. So there were yes. uh-huh. so they were cost each costume to mark a different season and mm-hmm. the costumes would be all put on on top of each other and then stripped off mm-hmm. throughout the, throughout mm-hmm. the performance. Mm-hmm. Um, so and so yes, each one was like replicating a different point in the year. Mm-hmm. And there was also a really bonkers um, combine harvester one. It was like this sort of crazy <laughs> red thing that you had to hold your arms out and yeah, it's mad. Wow. And then, so, yeah, because then I suppose you were working on these written blog posts that we were sort of releasing through the course of the 60th year, which, um, you know, I I, I suppose I was particularly struck of, you know, this was coinciding with this, you know, how we were trying to negotiate different lockdown restrictions and a lot of uncertainty about, you know, how Arnold Feeney was going to open and, you know, how we could present stuff and where audiences were at and everything. Um, But we were sort of, you know, releasing these posts pretty much as you were producing them. But I think I had a really strong sense that we had to do something else, you know, something more Mm. um, than just these blog posts. And, um, you know, this, I guess this is when we sort of thought about the the film idea, which Mm. gave you this opportunity to take the costumes to the field and and, and work with Isabel. Um, But again, you made that, am I right in thinking, around the winter solstice? So it's again like a kind of a continuation of the same process. Yeah, we did, yeah. So that was my fourth and final visit for 2021, um, was to go down and spend uh, a day in the field and then a day with with Isabel in the studio filming some of Lizzie's archival Mm. work and then we went to the field. For, for the afternoon and sort of reenact is in a sense um, not in a direct way um, but the performance and um, that was an amazing experience it felt like a ritual again mm. so we walked up the field from the back of the house where Lizzie would have been um, mm. and Isabel was sort of delighted and and she stood there in the freezing cold and took off all these clothes basically and <laughs> ran around the, and ran around the field <laughs> it was great yeah she was really up for um playing with it really which was really lovely mm. again yeah. this like you know I, I that shawl sense of mm-hmm. like walking back up you know with the costume on yeah mm. yeah and we just re- I really felt like Lizzie was really present then mm. in that that mm. final that final trip to the field mm. with with Isabel being there and you know all the conversations that we'd had and what we've been discovering together in the studio as well sort of built to this point that you know that we just had this really lovely experience um, that felt really connected to Lizzie. Yes yeah I think that really comes across when you watch the film um, 
you know, this sense of like the richness, you know, whether that's through the, the, the quantity of the archival material, you know, the slides, or all these layers of just amazing, amazing fabric. Mm. Um, yeah. But another element to the film, which is so wonderful, of course, is the sound. Yes, yeah, so that was amazing discovery. So rummaging through these sort of boxes and print chest, chest drawers in Lizzie's studio, discovered a cassette of the original music from the performance that was made specifically for the performance by a musician called Stuart Gordon, I think, um, who sadly passed away a few years ago. Um, but we listened to it on this really rusty old cassette player in, in Julian's kitchen and it was really hard to get a sense of what it was like but um, I got it digitised mm. uh, and the quality is fantastic and it's a sort of like an hour long score essentially for the performance um, and it sort of meanders from like quite bonkers 80s, early 80s sort of synth or late 70s sort of synth stuff through to sort of some quite ethereal guitar and um, just sort of quite atmospheric stuff. Um. Yes, yeah, because, yeah, so the original performance had been Lizzie making the, the costumes and the, and the sort of stage set, Stuart having done the soundtrack, and then there was the dancer. Kirsty, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah, who's, yeah. who's still alive. Um, I think she's going to come and see the show at some point. Oh, fantastic. So I've been in touch with these people as well. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and met lots of other people that knew Lizzie as well. So at Nettlecombe, where the field was, um, some people have lived there for decades, um, so, you know, since the 70s, and they're all artists and, on the whole, creatives. And so I, I happened to sort of meet people by chance, actually, and had these really lovely, rich experiences where they would sort of give me more information about Lizzie. So I just built up quite a sort of rich idea of who she was as a person and how she ticked and stuff, which has been, like, really interesting to get get to know someone that isn't here in that way like it's quite a unique experience Mm-mm. yeah I mean also observing from the sidelines of how you were getting on over the year it felt also like there was there was quite a few quite weird coincidences wasn't there of just sort of like people popping up and you know um the connection with Yui the fact that Lizzie had taught at Yui mm. which is obviously someone that you know Arnold Finney works with really really closely nowadays which I had no idea about that connection previously um but the strangest one of those for me was the fact that you'd actually been to the studio before by accident yeah so it was about October 2020 I'd been to the uh, Exmoor with with a friend in inverted commas, and, uh, and we um, we just had some time to kill before he got the train, and um, he, we looked on the map and we're like, oh, there's a cider farm here. Let's go and have a look at that. And we sort of drove into this, sort of, drove down this lane, drove past this little church, up this track, and then we were like, oh, it doesn't feel like we should be here. And there's this sort of cluster of buildings, and it there was some, it had this sort of atmosphere to it. And and then as all of a sudden this woman appeared, this very interesting, interested looking woman. And we had a little bit of a chat with her. We were like, What is, what is this place? <laughs> like it's got you you can tell that there's it's not just someone it's someone's house. And she was like, Oh, it belongs to this family and they rent out bits of it to artists. I'm just doing up this space here, um, to live in for a bit. And uh, and we left just being just being really curious about it, and just had that sort of sense of 
um, things happening there, like a like a community or commune or something. And then, so when you got in touch with me about the project, there was a, there was a certain point, quite a, quite a while afterwards, that I suddenly remembered this mm. this thing, and I looked on the map, and I was like, "Holy shit, that's <laughs> like, it. that's that place." <laughs> it's so bizarre. It's so wild. Yeah, really out in the middle of nowhere yeah. after beating trap beams. Yeah. yeah, just being there. Yeah. Very strange. Mm-hmm. Mm, fascinating. Um, Okay, great. The last thing I just wanted to talk about is, so we're currently showing the film um, in the Dark Studio Arnolfini and also um, some text pieces that, that you created and, and, and a book that you created, mm-hmm. which, um, you know, are all really wonderful sort of like extra layers, I think, to, to showing the piece. But also in this space, we're showing um, a vitrine full of work by students at Western College. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to say a little bit about how that came about? Yeah, sure. Well, um, I used to live in Bristol and I've moved to Western three years ago. And so you're trying to make some connections outside of the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we got in touch with Western College and said, would you be interested in doing some sessions around sort of land art and walking and art in the landscape essentially so I did a few sessions with students there and we did a walk which you came on with me mm-hmm. um, so we walked out to this place in Western that overlooks the Somerset levels and overlooks the sea and the River Pill and um, got students to engage in a series of sort of prompts um, to sort of sit and look and try and experience their surroundings um, and then I did some a series of print workshops with them so Lizzie used to do these beautiful uh, mono prints of leaves and plants and flowers and stuff so we did some we did some of that and some um, cyanotype printing and talked you know showed them some of the sort of land art canon and, and sort of talked about how landscape can affect how we experience our surroundings and how you can bring that into your own artwork um, and then they went off and sort of ran with it, really. They're, they're tutors, and they, they produce some really rich work, actually. Mm-hmm. And I suppose we, you know, after those original workshops in last November, you know, thinking about when it, when it sort of ended up thinking, yeah, we're definitely going to go ahead with this sort of small exhibition of the film, really wanted to include them. Again, partly because I think Lizzie had this connection with teaching and with students, um, but also, I guess, um, from my point of view, wanting to sort of like add another layer to this sort of Somerset relationship. Yeah. So, um, you know, so we asked the students, didn't we, to sort of, you know, to make work that was about what does the lo- local landscape mean to you? Yes, which is yeah. hence, you know, all the work that they've done, I guess a lot about sort of the seaside. Yeah. But, um, but again, it felt really, the way that they've all found ways to sort of uh, document their experience of being in a place I think it's really it's yeah. really fantastic yeah yeah definitely and nice to sort of have that connection with Lizzie being a teacher as well and taking her students out into the landscape as well so really sort of thinking about that when I was approaching it yeah fantastic brilliant yeah, yeah. well thanks Phil no thank you thank you for talking and it's just felt like the whole thing has been um, from like like I say sort of a very um minimal beginnings but just this slight suspicion that I reckon that there's something in this um to like you know a year 18 months later just sort of thinking that I think we've had the opportunity to find out so much about such an interesting 
uh, little bit of you know of, of art that that we've all sort of you know or most of us have probably forgotten about. And I just wanted to really thank you for the way that you've responded to it. It's just I think it's been amazing. It's wow. been so inspiring to watch. Thank you. I mean, it's been a total joy to work on. I think part of that is the, the connections that I've made for people that knew Lizzie as well. So mm. it's been really just been a very rich, pleasant, joyful and creative experience. Yeah, and I'm hoping to do a bit more work with Isabel, her daughter, on archiving some of Lizzie's work at some point as well and maybe doing some other things around around her work. So, yeah, watch this space, hopefully. Fantastic. Pleased to hear it. <laughs> Thanks very much, Sam. Cheers, Phil.